When it comes to maximizing time in the uplands, without fail, Onyx Hunt is my most valuable tool. From planning my next hunt through a new bird cover to navigating in the field, Onyx Hunt is truly with me wherever I go. With detailed mapping and satellite imagery, along with a multitude of map layers from land access to forestry and habitat information and easy-to-use tools to mark, measure, and catalog important information, Onyx Hunt seamlessly integrates digital scouting with boots-on-the-ground time in the field. With offline mapping and Apple CarPlay integration, you are free to explore the wild landscapes our beloved upland birds inhabit. Planning your next move in the uplands begins with knowing where you stand, and for me, that starts and stops with Onyx Hunt. Download the Onyx Hunt app today and use the promo code BSP20 to save 20% on your Onyx Hunt subscription. When the miles rack up faster than your flush count, that's when you'll truly appreciate your hunting vest from Final Rise. Built for the uplands and proudly sewn in the USA, the complete lineup of hunting vests from Final Rise, from their all-new Summit XT down to the minimalist Sidekick system, are all built upon the foundational load-bearing waist belt and low-profile shoulder strap system, which allow you to carry all the gear you need and do so comfortably while maintaining your ability to move freely and perform when you need to most. With a complete lineup of accessories and newly released performance field apparel, Final Rise has the gear you need to help you get the most out of every mile and every flush. Final Rise gear is built for the uplands. Get yours today at FinalRise.com. of the Birdshot Podcast is presented by Onyx Hunt, Final Rise, and Upland Gun Company. On this episode of the show, we talk old dogs, young dogs, bird hunting, and more with Rich Wong. Thanks for tuning in to episode number 205. All right, welcome back to the Bird Shop Podcast, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. As always, thank you to Patreon patrons of the Bird Shop Podcast. Those of you out there making voluntary contributions in support of the show and its guests, I thank you for that. For those interested, you can sign up at patreon.com forward slash birdshot. You'll get access to some bonus content when it's made available there. Bonus episodes that I typically do with Nick Adair of the Gundog It Yourself podcast and still available, the grouse hunting video that I contributed on with Nick Adair. I don't think I mentioned this on the last episode, but that will be released to the general public, so everybody will get a chance to see it at some point. But Patreon patrons of my show and Nick's show can see it early for the time being. Patreon patrons also get access to exclusive discounts. I've got some available for Gumleaf USA and the Upland Institute at the moment. And I will, of course, send anyone that sends me their mailing address a little welcome pack containing some Birdshot Podcast can coolers and stickers. So once again, you can sign up at patreon.com forward slash birdshot. Thanks for considering that. Another reminder to leave a rating, review, subscribe, follow the show, leave a comment. Whatever you can do if you're new to the show, little things that also support the Birdshot podcast and are always appreciated. All right, if you missed last week's episode, I did mention that I will be at Pheasant Fest next month, the big upland hunting and conservation-focused event put on by our friends at Pheasants Forever and Quill Forever in Minneapolis in February next month. I will be there with Upland Gun Company. You can find me in that booth most of the time, if not there. Perhaps the Onyx Final Rise booth. Be spending some time there as well. Looking forward to connecting with some listeners at the show. And I did forget to mention this last week. Listeners of the show will appreciate that Del Whitman will be with us, Upland Gun Company, in our booth for most of the show, answering questions on shotguns, shooting, the types of things we tend to talk to Del about when he joins us on this podcast. So wanted to mention that here and let listeners know that. Again, Dell Whitman will be with us at the Upland Gun Company booth at Pheasant Fest next month in Minneapolis, and I hope to see you there. Okay, moving on to today's show. We've got former guest of the show, Rich Wong, back for another episode. If you'll remember, Rich is a very talented photographer. He does a lot of work in the food space, but he 
also has a passion for upland hunting and bird dogs. And as a result, we get to see some of his talent on display in the space that we all love. And I took a trip down to Rich's studio this week, actually, for some Upland Gun Company related stuff. Had to get some photos taken of some new guns. And while I was there, before we started snapping away on the new shotguns, Rich and I sat down and caught up, talked about his hunting season a little bit. He's got a new pup since the last time we had him on. And just had a really enjoyable conversation with Rich, and we have that for you today. So kick back, enjoy, check out Rich's photography and some of his work on Instagram. He is at WhiskMeNord. Put that down in the show notes. And without further ado, let's welcome into the conversation and back to the Birdshot Podcast, Rich Wong. Yeah, we're back on the Birdshot Podcast. Rich, thanks for joining us once again. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm liking the studio here. Yeah, it's been a good space. It's kind of a an older building, so uh, someday I think we'll get some new digs, but yeah. uh, people like it. It's fun to hang out here, and yeah. it's got some character. I don't know if we talked about on when I had you on the first time. Do you remember when that was? Like, uh, So that was right after... I think actually it was right before they released the Project Upland film on, on Hunter. Hunter, yeah. Um, so probably two years ago, yeah. I guess. Yeah, that feels about, about the same right. same timing. I think even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That feels right. I I usually like to go back and look just to kind of see how long. It's usually it's it's like wow, I can't believe that was two years ago, yeah. and it's you know kind of feels that way. We, yeah. we keep in touch fairly often, but I don't think we talked when you, we had you on correct me if i'm wrong but i don't think we talked about how you kind of got into photography yeah and, we uh, touched on uh what i do okay uh we didn't dive too deep into it yeah yeah well how did that get started for you because i know we talked about your your background in upland hunting and yep. and growing up in canada and by the way you've been watching the wild i have yeah i have been watching <laughs> the wild, of course do you, do you have a do you have a, a canadian team that's like your squad uh, well, I was born in Winnipeg, so okay. I do follow the Jets. Okay. Um, good season for them. Good, good season for them. I remember I went to a wild game once that the Jets were in town, and I wore a wild jersey and a Jets hat, and I got hazed pretty bad. It was <laughs> an interesting experience. So if you ever go to a game yeah. <laughs> uh, of two teams, don't wear two different apparel. Don't go for the split. Yeah, it wasn't smart. <laughs> uh, but I don't really follow them too closely. Okay. Um, big wild fan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been a it's been an interesting year. It has. Yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see how things go. Yeah, much better of late. I've I've been um, as into them as I've ever been again yeah. this year. And just I, it's kind of the hockey has become. I've always been a hockey fan. Listeners will know that. But it's lately it's become sort of my break from upland hunting and sure. shotguns and yeah. all the things that keep me. You know, I'm very fortunate to kind of work that stuff into my daily world, which is cool. So hockey's kind of my check out renewal yeah. i love watching the wild games and yeah yeah it was a slow start but now they're doing well and the the jets are good but the wild have kind of had their number this year yeah a couple of times yeah and yeah we'll see we'll see uh they got two good goalies backing them up and really playing really well right now exactly God, yeah. i love watching i wasn't sure about gus yeah me uh, either. he's looking yeah. really good right now yeah he looks really solid and it, i think it's i almost feel like it's kind of like perfect setup you know you got veteran flurry he's kind of a there's not i don't think there's a there's a healthy competition between those two guys but like the pecking order is clearly established yeah and and i just think they're they're playing really well off each other yeah now they're kind of alternating and stuff absolutely we could probably make this a wild episode but But we'll get we'll call will larson and get him in here too we could talk about hockey yeah exactly his squad is suffering although you know they got mckinnon back yeah and they're they were they climbed the top of the mountain last year so yeah there is that (laughs) but photography how did that how did that become a thing yeah so i my undergrad was business management and i did um five six six years in kind of corporate america and realized it wasn't kind of my thing so yeah. um i got the blessing from my wife to to go in one day and uh quit we were uh carpooling uh in my last position i was down working downtown and, okay um i told her that this was the day and she she gave me her blessing and i <laughs> i put my two weeks in and i didn't really have a solid plan uh, this was this was a while ago, obviously. Yeah. And um, was that like 
out of character for you at all to be like, this is the day or was that kind of like, yeah, I mean, we had talked about, you know, I was, I was kind of struggling. I wasn't enjoying the work. Um, I wanted to do something that I was more passionate about. And, uh, so it was, it was, I wouldn't say it was, um, out of character, but it wasn't, um, it was, it was a unique situation. Yeah. I gotcha. And, um, so she gave me the blessing and I, uh, didn't have a job uh, for a little bit, and I actually ended up, um, at the time, she was, um, not to talk about hockey again, but she was producing <laughs> the U.S. Pond Hockey Championships. No kidding. Yeah. So wow. she started that. What a small world. Yeah. And um, she asked me if I wanted to shoot the, the pond hockey. Wow. And I said, well, I don't have a camera. And she's like, well, go get one. <laughs> <laughs> you can and, fix that. Yeah. And so this was like the age of when DSLRs just became like okay. a thing. Okay. And so I bought one. I had a kit lens, which is just garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned that I would be shooting a lot of stuff in some low light. So there's going to be some, some, some nighttime shots sure. with floodlights, but it's still, you need a good lens for yeah. that. So, yeah. um, she told me that how, I'd be... How green were you on photography at that point? So I had taken a class in high school, and then in college, I was a studio art minor. Okay. So I took a couple... Some fundamentals. Some fundamentals. Yeah. Um, Digital Frog was brand new. I didn't even have a computer okay. like to... And no lot editing software or anything. Right, right. So uh, it wasn't something that I wanted to turn down, so I, I, I took it, and she had me working with... Um, the PR agency she was working with in town. Okay. And they told me that they wanted me to tell the story of old time pond hockey. So, you know, hockey on, on the, on the lakes, yeah. uh, on the yeah. ranks, you know, growing, you know exactly what I'm talking about yeah. growing up. So there's, there's a certain allure to it, it, it especially in the Northern parts. Yeah. Um, so there's, if people aren't familiar with the U S pond hockey championships, it's a, it's a fairly large tournament that people from all over the world, yeah. uh, come from. So, and it's like um, it's like three on three hockey format. It's three on three hockey format. No goalies. No goalies. You get little nets. Literally on a lake. Yeah. Um, yep. So it's a fun it's a fun event, and uh, I got to shoot it, and they basically let me just document it how I wanted to, and I, I delivered files unretouched. Yeah. And they're like, "Oh, these are awesome. These are great. Can we get your business card?" And I'm like. <laughs> I don't have one. And they're like, well, why don't you go grab one? I'm like, I actually don't have one. And um, we kind of went, you know, had a conversation from there. And, and they were like, well, you should do this. Like, this is something you should do. Yeah. And that resonated with me. So I actually went back to school, got my post-baccalaureate in photography. Okay. And then um, kind of landed in food photography. So I shoot um, food for a living. Yeah. And uh, it's been a fun career for sure. So you're the guy that... that- some of us lament, like especially this time of year in January, we're seeing these beautiful, tasty, delicious treats. Yeah, you know, very well photographed and and I breaking our that. diet and yeah. fitness routines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my fault. <laughs> oh, I, uh, I don't do it alone. I you know I work with food stylists. Yeah, um, and they they really are a big part of the team. So, so they're the ones gluing the sesame seeds the one, on. Yeah, they're the yeah. ones that are making it look amazing, <laughs> and I'm lighting it. And You're capturing. It, so yeah. yeah. That's fun. that's incredible, and wow, what a cool tie-in with the the pond hockey championship yeah. and everything. Yeah, that's you must have some. You got anything framed from that? I don't at, have. At um, I have. A, I don't think I have anything framed, but okay. there's there's probably a few worthy things in there. Sure. Um, got to meet some cool hockey players. So. Yeah. Is um, that still going? Do you know? Like your wife's not involved. It. She's not like involved anymore. with yeah. it. Um, it's still going. There's there's a couple other tournaments now. They've too. kind there's of propped one that, up. Yeah, yeah. There, there's one. I don't know if they still do, but there's one on Minnetonka every year. Yeah. Um, I know but, they've done it up in Duluth. I think they've had Barker's Island, Wisconsin. They've, they've done some stuff up there, too. Yeah. yeah. Canada has a big one. Right. Did you ever have a backyard rink growing up? Uh, I lived on a lake. So, oh, you, you know, we had. Okay. Uh, we okay. didn't have boards, but we had big piles of snow Snow and we lose pucks in there and you find them in the (laughs) spring and summer all the time so yeah actually uh i think it was last spring or summer the first time i went for a swim at our cabin which is in wisconsin but i found a hockey puck yeah and it's just i mean one of those one of those totally rent you know somebody just slung a puck you know during the winter and there it was underwater yeah Yeah. you know exactly what happened to that puck (laughs) exactly (laughs) oh i never i never had the back backyard rink i know my dad tried to make one i should talk to him about this he tried to make one one year and he 
what ended up happening, I have some memories of this. He was out there with the hose, kind of like didn't go all in on on totally flooding the rink, and then our neighbors had one. Okay. So then at that point, it yeah. just became I just, just use the neighbors going across the street. Sure. <laughs> yeah, just use the neighbors. But yeah, if you grow up in this part of the world, you're you're familiar with backyard rinks and yep. pond hockey, and yeah, that's that's neat. Yeah. Well, we could, yeah, we could talk more about hockey, but I, I want to hear about, about Rich's hunting season. How yeah. was, uh, we're, it's January here where seasons are finished. When was your last hunt? My last hunt, um, was Minnesota, uh, pheasants. Okay. I actually got stuck in the ditch. I Did you? He followed my story. And, I yeah, know, I was, didn't see that. It was, uh, I just pulled off on the shoulder. It was, we were actually in an ice storm and I just couldn't get out. Uh, I just kept sliding down and down. Um, was a, it around the nasty weather on Christmas? Was it, it was, that? yeah, okay. right before it was right before Christmas because okay. we were going out of town. So, yeah. um, had a tow truck lined up. It was going to be an expensive mm. uh, ordeal. Yeah, um, but a guy, a guy was driving down the road and he stopped, and he had a beautiful truck, but he didn't have a tow rope, and he was actually willing to go grab a tow rope. And then I thought maybe if he had time, he could go see if there are any farmers around. And he actually spent half an hour looking for a farmer, and he sent a guy with a huge John Deere. Unbelievable. Uh, and he came out and pulled me out. So I got I got out unscathed. And, you got Minnesota nice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and it was awesome. nasty out. And yeah. I, I, it, was, uh, it was pretty nice to have that, to see that. Yeah. That I mean, everybody so. was pretty, I do recall, on high alert because the weather coming yeah. in was, was not looking good. So that's cool. Yeah. So that was your last hunt. So it sounds like that's maybe the most memorable point of the day. What, what about the hunt? The hunt was good. <laughs> um, I got, I went back to a spot where I've had, uh, had some luck Yeah. and, uh, didn't get a lot of good bird work, but I got a wild flush and okay. was able to get one down. So yeah. Yeah. Bird in the bag on the yep. final hunt of the year. That's always a, always a bonus. Yep. Yeah. Did you do a lot of pheasant hunting in Minnesota this year? Um, I went, you know, we I saw a lot of birds. Mm. Um, pheasant hunting in Minnesota, I mean, you probably haven't hunted Minnesota. I have yet to, yep. Um, it feels stranger every year. I, yeah. I don't, get, I always think I'm going to, but. Yeah. Yeah. This year was, uh, bird-wise, was excellent. Okay. I saw more birds this year than I've was seen that, before. Was that, I don't know how closely you fought, was it, was that, was that kind of the expectation or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I heard, I've heard good things. Um, I had heard a lot of great things yep. uh, leading up to the, to the year. And I usually don't pheasant hunt until December. Sure. Yeah. Um, cause you know where I'm in October yep. and yep. September and parts of November. So, yep. um, I got out probably only three or four times, but every time we saw suburbs. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. Do you, uh, when it's late, late season, December, are you skirting cattails? What are you doing? With yeah. The, Cause I'm, you hunt with pointy dogs. So yep. yeah. Yeah. It's, that was one of the things, you know, you always hear, um, pheasants, can be tough on a, on a puppy and some people just don't even do it right at this age. Yeah. Um, but we're going to hunt pheasants. So we're hunting. Um, he's busting cattails, yeah. uh, earlier in the year. I think I did get out pretty early in November and we were, we were hunting grass and he did really well out there. Okay. Yeah. Um, but they're smart. These birds were pressured. I'm hunting like maybe an hour, hour and a half sure. from Minneapolis. Yeah. So, these birds are seeing a lot of dogs and people and, yep. um, but they were, they were out there. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. It's been a interesting winter so far. I mean, I know the, I don't, the pheasants don't tolerate that real nasty weather too well. Yeah. Um, it's now we just had this week, it's been so warm Yeah. and we just had like rain this week. So I would actually say that the, up to this point, the snow roosting conditions for rough grouse had been excellent. Now the snow is going to be pretty deteriorated. Yeah, and it's going to cool. It's going to cool down. It's going to get that yeah, crust. So I would have to say that I am concerned. I don't know, you know, how how big of a role sort of like one event like that can play, but um, yeah, it's definitely not uh, not ideal. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, we can't uh, we can't continue doing rich's hunting season recap without introducing Trigger at this point. I got to got to meet him, but let's uh, let's hear hear the story of how trigger wound up in in your truck yeah so trigger um you know the listeners probably remember hunter um he was uh 13 at the time he turned 14 and then he passed away just a month after that um but so that season before he passed um i had heard of a litter 
that was uh, a little bit too hard for me to pass up. Yeah. And uh, came from um, a breeder down in Iowa. And his uh, great-great-grandfather, this litter's great-great-grandfather, would end up being the same great-great-grandfather of hunters. No kidding. um, Oh, yeah. A pretty storied dog, uh, Hall of Fame dog, Rebel Rousers. So, yeah, yeah. Um, he was a uh, litter, was very interested. I was very interested in the litter, and it wasn't anything that my wife and I ever talked about getting one, um, while we had Hunter. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was kind of uh, tough to pass up. He, had, he actually had, he was due about the same time, um, Hunter was born. Okay. And, um, I don't know, just a little... Stars were aligning. Yeah, there. stars yeah. were aligning. Yeah. And uh, we thought maybe Hunter would be around, but he wasn't. Yeah. And um, that's okay. But, uh, yeah, we had him. Uh, we got him. He was born October 28th. So, uh, which is two Octobers ago. Two yeah. Octobers ago, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and so that was uh, just two days before Hunter's birthday. Oh, and no then, kidding. Uh, Jeez, got that's in, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we got him in December. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. He yeah. came home in December. Yeah. Came so, home in December. Yeah. So he was a, he was a real young pup. Ended last year. This was by all accounts his first hunting season. Yep. Yeah. It was. Yep. Yep. Well, what was the off season like leading up? Well, so Hunter was dog number one. Triggers number two. Right. Yep. Okay. So I've talked quite a bit about sort of my going from one yeah. to two and kind of like there's a big leap there in, yep. in both your knowledge and yep. skills. You've kind of seen a dog grow and develop yeah um, what were your what were your expectations going into did you feel kind of more confident with what yeah. you were doing yeah i just from listening to some of your podcasts and your conversations with other people i think it was probably fairly similar mm-hmm. um i think you know hunter being my first dog before really the the solid advent of the internet yeah, yeah, uh, yeah our yeah. resource was much smaller so right. it's you know harder to find stuff. maybe a book or or mentor yeah um so hunter was um he did pretty well with my dysfunction <laughs> as, a, as yeah. a very amateur dog trainer yeah. um because i did very little with him yeah um i did do uh some work with him with chad hines of will creek okay he, yeah um, yeah garrett got a dog from him that's right yeah. um we did a couple consults there um and we did you know he kind of taught me collar conditioning and we did some wool work and that was kind of it. Um, yeah. and Hunter hunted a lot of, hunted of, a lot, a yeah. lot. He also hunted a lot of preserved birds at young age. So, okay. and that set us back quite a bit. I think you do yeah. just from the standpoint of, um, relocating and tracking birds. Yep. If he pointed, if he went on point, he would stay on point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he figured it out later in life. Yep. Um, but, uh, it was definitely um, didn't get the education on wild birds as as trigger is right now. Yeah, so, yeah, that um, wasn't you weren't prioritizing that nearly as right you are now. Yeah, yep. gotcha. Yeah, yeah, you were obviously feeling feeling more confident. And that was one of the things I wanted to ask you is like, yeah. what were you gonna? What did you have in mind if anything this first season like that you were gonna do differently? It yep. sounds like a, a a pretty good focus on wild birds. Yep, it's yeah, it's all wild birds. Um, also shutting my mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> uh, always a the good timeless tip. <laughs> yeah, yep. Um, and I know this is something you've talked quite a bit about. Uh, I've been filming a lot of my training sessions oh, okay. and hunting. Yeah. Um, and it's eye-opening. Uh, my my timing and, and how much I'm talking. So, ah, um, yeah. It's been, uh, it's been really fun to kind of learn uh, this new process and then just, you know, absorbing as much information i can from from yeah. other people and books and the internet so yeah yeah i'm kind of curious like if you because i mean i'm i would consider myself a, also a very amateur yeah. dog trainer you know I'm, I'm on dog number two and i've i mean i feel pretty good about what we've what i've done with my two dogs and i have the opportunity to get them on a lot of wild birds but i really see it as like I mean, for the most part, the bulk of what I'm doing is giving them the opportunity, getting yeah. them, getting them in the woods on the birds. And I'm, you know, I'm doing my darndest to shape and mold certain sure. behaviors and paying attention to certain things. But man, I feel like a lot of it is, is so much in the dogs and I've had yeah. the opportunity to give them the opportunities. And that's, that's been a huge part of what has 
made my dog successful, I think, and yeah. us successful. Would you kind of echo that? I mean, is that kind of your approach too? Yep. Yeah. yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, you know, when you talk about um, letting the dogs figure it out, yeah. even from like basic obedience and his foundation work, like I'm, most of the work I'm doing is free shaping, which is um, kind of like the silent commands. You're, you're, sure. yep. you're getting them to, to, to react or you're getting them to, to, exhibit a, a behavior, behavior yep. and then you're rewarding that behavior yeah. so they figure out oh this is what i want this is what he wants me to do even before yeah. you're adding a cue yeah um so yeah i'm letting i'm basically doing the same thing with birds he's yep. he's learning okay i can get this close before the bird flushes and dad doesn't shoot it yeah um or i can stay here and if the bird moves i can move but can't move that close. Yeah. So. Yeah. And there's yeah, there's gonna be a lot of trial and error in yeah. that, that first year. So did you did you make your September trip this year? I did. Okay. Yeah. Out, uh, out west to hunt sharpies. We went out west yeah. to hunt sharpies. We yeah. went uh, northwestern Wisconsin or not Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> Although no there, are, there. there are there <laughs> there are sharp tails uh, there. Yep. yep. <laughs> uh, northwestern North Dakota. Okay. Yeah. Yep. In uh, September. September. Yep. Yeah. And. Was Trigger the only dog on the trip? Or? Uh, we had another, we had a lab. Okay. Uh, okay. So it was a little tricky. We hunted them separate, separate. And then other times we hunted, I mean, you know, those sharp eels, you can hunt pretty far. Apart, yes. So. Yep. We yep. hunted uh, both both of them, but when we were with the lab, he was pretty far apart. So Yeah. 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 How did he do out there? He did pretty good. His first day, um, we actually struggled to find, well, we, we ended up doing fine. Uh, but yeah. the first day, the first field, uh, was a big, um, public land okay. and about hundred yards in, uh, he did make contact. He actually pointed, uh, a nice family group of sharp tails, um, steady. Yep. And I missed with both barrels. <laughs> uh, I do have a video on, uh, on my Instagram story highlights. Ooh, if nice. you guys want to watch it, it was, uh, yeah, check that out. I felt, yeah, <laughs> I felt pretty bad. Uh, now I heard about your first hunt this year, so, so don't, don't yes, give me hard. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I emptied both barrels and I just stood there and he, uh, I'm let, I let him chase this year. So he chased after him for a good while and, um, but we settled things down and, um, we did pretty good that first day. He did make quite a few mistakes, uh, which is great. I yeah. Mean, that's yeah. the only way he's going to learn. Yep. Um, and it was all on relocating. So he, he'd make his initial point. And he would reestablish point, and then he would try. Some of these birds were running, and yeah. some people say these sharp tails don't run. They they're moving. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he was on track for a couple of these groups for well over a hundred yards. Whether or not he's smelling them from quite a big distance or not, these right. they were moving. Right. And, and actually, that that's a good. Uh, that, that reminds me of when Ted and I were talking. And not talking about my first hunt of the year and some of my misses and stuff, but we were talking about that was something I had in mind is seeing dogs kind of work and a specific hunt comes to mind with his dog Fitz where he was pointing and like the distance between the first point and the and the birds flushing was like a yeah. hundred yards yeah. plus and like I was kind of going through my mind like is he getting whiffs of scent right. and I think I recall. Ted was kind of saying, well, think about it this way. Those sharp tails maybe have been here for sure. hours and kind of slowly moving. Yeah. So maybe a little bit of both. I been, mean, yep. you've been out there enough to, to know like the breeze does carry that scent more yeah. so than we see in the grouse yeah. woods. So that, that you'll see some long scent points. comes over that hill. They, and it's steady flash and, pointer or the yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting to think about, but yeah. very cool for, for trigger to get that kind of yeah. experience. Yeah. He did great. I mean, there were enough birds out there that, um, we got a lot of shooting in and, and right. which is what you're hoping. You just want to number of quantity, yep. you know, quantity of contacts basically. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Uh, a lot of huns, uh, really? saw quite a few yep. coveys. Um, I did actually did two trips to North Dakota this year. Okay. Um, and I saw one covey three times. Really? We didn't <laughs> hunt them every time. Uh, I'm just going to say that, but yeah, we yeah. saw them in the same spot three times. Okay. I'm going to assume it's the same covey. Right. I don't know if there's, if they're territorial, companies right. are territorial between right. each other or not. But I mean, I know um, I've read, I know you've read that, I've, that, you know, you can go back to 30 years and flush the same yeah. covey, your family of, of, you know, a bird. So yeah, that's, I feel like you hear that about yeah. hunts. Yeah. They're pretty cool. Yep. What's your, what's your secret for finding hunts? Hunts? Uh, I mean, just <laughs> the, the small grains. Yeah. Um, yep. you know, we saw, um, we hunted a lot of shelter belts. Yep. Um, and then so anything with, with, with short grass around, yeah, around mainly wheat. 
Yeah. Um, we did find some by the soybeans. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I, and I've talked about this a bunch. I don't think I hunt enough edges as much as I talk about hunting edges yeah. in the grouse woods. And that's like all I do when I go out to North Dakota, I just like getting lost in that grass yeah. <laughs> wandering from just walking knob yeah. to knob and just looking for sharp tails. Yeah. And, and I think that's definitely one of the reasons why yeah. I haven't found as many. Hunts. Yeah. Huns seem at least for me, I mean, I haven't hunted them for that long, but yeah. it seems to me that you're hunting more, um, like pheasants yeah. where you, you might have a small track, uh, very specific, uh, objectives you're looking for yep. and you're out of the truck, walking it back to the truck and going to the next one. Yeah. So it's not as, uh, doesn't have the same romance as, yeah. as a yep. grouse woods or a sharp tail yep. short grass prairie. That makes a lot of sense. And I, I do think I'm kind of, I'm sort of more inclined to go on that kind of a, mm-hmm. you know, big looping hike yep. versus the in and out stuff. But yeah. that's obviously, uh, I would have to change that if I wanted to see some different results. But yep. I, I did get one. I, I had one really good covey flush right off my left shoulder, and I was reviewing some GoPro clips recently, and so I, I knocked. I barely knocked one down out of that, <laughs> but that was like all I could do to get a shot off. And they kind of were up and over this rise and disappeared pretty quick. But Hartley was working up this draw, and he went on point ahead of me, and so I was looking up there, and then the Huns went up right off my left. They had either moved or he caught a whiff of something. And yeah, it's boy, I would need to see a lot more of those to get yeah. <laughs> any decent at, at pulling up on a couple. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of birds getting up. It's a lot. Uh, and you, yeah. I've, I've, uh, they, they always surprise you and it takes me a while to kind of gather myself and yeah. realize what, what am I supposed to be doing here? Right. Right. Uh, they're, they're pretty fun to do. Yeah. So then, uh, so North Dakota, then back to the grouse woods, talked to me through a little bit of sort of triggers evolution in the grouse woods this fall. Yeah. So, um, we hunted, uh, or sorry, we trained a little bit, um, in April. Okay. Uh, early April. Got some end of March. spring stuff. Yeah. Got some spring stuff. Cool. Um, and right away I, I, I could see, um, kind of like what you talked about, what we talked about earlier, he was picking up grouse scent a lot better than hunter. Really, um, not maybe not picking up scent, but he was able to manage uh, a, a running or walking bird. Okay, uh, a yep. lot better. Yeah, a um, lot of um, false points with Hunter and a lot of tracking. He was bumping some, of course. Yeah, um, but at least he was trying to figure them out. Yeah, um, so that was fun to see. Um, and then um, early August, or I'm sorry, yeah. Starting in August, uh, we hit the the sharp tails in Wisconsin. Okay, you're yep. familiar with. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we did that, and then um, did he get did he get on some there? He did. Yeah, yeah, he did get on some there. And that so was really. So you had a you had a good lead up to the first. I mean, he did, yeah. wild bird contacts in the spring, yep. wild bird contacts in the late summer. Yeah, yeah, that's yep. sticking to the plan. Yeah. Yep. And then um, our season came, and uh, he continued. We saw. I mean, that we saw numbers of broods. I don't know if that, if, if you experienced the same thing, um, but early season we saw like any bird contact we had was multiple a brood. Yeah. 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 And it was pretty cool. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't say that I got into, I actually think the, the grout rough grouse season had kind of a slow start for me, but I, it was so thick and warm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like that's a sort of a, yeah. kind of an annual theme at, at this point, but, um, yeah, it, there were a lot of birds in the woods Yeah, and, and that played out and it became more apparent as the season went on, mm-hmm. at least for me, but I, I have no doubt there was a lot of broods and family groups and yeah. to, to the point where even, I think a lot of people suspect late hatches mm-hmm. or, um, delayed, delayed nesting last year. And so we had some young birds, but there were, there was good chick production without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Gearing up for your next hunt? Check out Ugly Dog Hunting Company for all your dog supply needs. Ugly Dog Hunting carries a full line of products for your bird dog and even some for you. Whether you're looking for dog collars, GPS tracking devices, kennels, beds, leads, training equipment, or first aid supplies, Ugly Dog Hunting carries it and a whole lot more. New owner of the company and friend of the Bird Shop podcast, Mike Nadusky, loves to remind me that while I do hunt with pretty dogs, every dog can be an ugly dog. Check out the entire selection of gear for you and your bird dog at UglyDogHunting.com.
For many upland hunters, along with their passion for dogs, birds, and the places we chase them, comes a passion for shotguns. Upland Gun Company specializes in customizing shotguns for the upland bird hunter imported from Italy and shipped direct to an FFL near you. Select from one of their side-by-side or over-under shotgun platforms and customize the fit, function, and aesthetics to your liking. Design and build your next upland hunting shotgun with Upland Gun Company today. Visit uplandguncompany.com. Yeah, our opener, you probably remember, was very wet. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Like sheets of rain. Yes. I went out on opening day, which I think Minnesota and Wisconsin opened the same day this year. It was like, uh, I remember it being a very muggy, humid humid day. (laughs) Like everything you don't want. Yeah. Uh, Wet, rain, cold. And it wasn't cold. It was muggy. And then mosquitoes. Yes. Um, So we didn't end up getting one, but we saw he, he... he hit me. We made contact with quite a few birds. Okay, um, but it just got better and better. Yeah, as, as, a, as you rolled into October. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. What did you? Because uh, I've I've talked to some friends about it. It was kind of a weird weather year. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't done my complete sort of season reflection yet, but um, or look back at like days and and all the stuff that I keep track of. But it was you know we had. I remember there was a weekend in like mid October where we had a couple inches of snow on the mm-hmm. ground and like I woke up to snow and by the afternoon it was gone. Yeah. And then I was out hunting yep. in the afternoon and then I think it snowed again that night and same thing happened. And then from there, it just kind of, I feel like that sort of set off. It's late. It's getting to late fall, October, November. You never know what you're going to get yeah. for weather, but we would have some, we had warm, we had cold, yep. we had a lot of uh, competing we did weather elements yeah. mixed in there and right along with it was some pretty good hunting when you could get out in the woods yeah it was it was fun i had uh adam or gear up oh you uh, did uh mid-october so it was probably that first yeah it snowed like an inch inch and a half yep. two inches yep and then by the end of the day it was gone right um yeah it was a uh, it was fun yeah but yeah overall good season in in the rough grouse woods for you how about yep. woodcock Woodcock was good. It okay. was uh, in there. A couple of my my A spots were were a little quiet in the in the beginning of the season. So yeah, um, it was a little tougher for us to find the local birds. Yeah. Um, but once those flights came in, um, we saw quite a few. Yeah. I was able to get my son out um, quite a bit on on the woodcock. Really? He got his first woodcock. Oh, so that's like, awesome. Yeah. How old is he now? He's nine. Nine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, there was one day he had um he took eleven shots. Um That's and they awesome. were good shots. They're yeah. good safe shots and he passed up on some shots. So yeah. we we saw quite a few woodcock the birds there. That, yeah. That day, yeah. So does the the woodcock that he got, was it pointed by trigger? It was. Oh yep. man. Yeah. Pointed how, bird. How um, cool was that? It was really cool. I mean we were <laughs> screaming. I had a missed <laughs> a I missed it on the GoPro. Uh, um I don't know if I I was using the the, the voice activated record. Okay. Yeah. And I must yeah. have shut it off instead of turning on yeah. it because I forgot to shut it off. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was special. Uh, we, I mean, we screamed so loud, <laughs> uh, made up, made sure the guns were unsafe and we were jumping around <laughs> yeah. and celebrating pretty good. That was, is super cool. Yeah. It was fun. We, we actually, he actually, the first day, the, the day before we went out and he had a lot of great shots and, and didn't connect on any. And then the second day he really wanted to get one. Um, and we were actually walking back to the truck, and uh, Trigger went on point, and he was a little frustrated that he was missing. Yeah, yeah. And so he said that I could have the point. So I went up to the point, and it ended up being a, a rough grouse, mm. and I shot it, and he got pretty upset. At me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we turned back around. He's like, I don't want to go back to the truck. I want to go, I want to go get one. And so he little, stuck with little it. Competitive and, spirit yeah, there. Stuck with it, and he got one. So it was pretty exciting. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah. Wow. So what is a nine? Like I know it's it's the the way that you can do. Has he been through gun safety? Like not he, yet. We'll do it in Minnesota. I think it's. Is it like the apprenticeship thing that 12. he's hunting under now? Yeah. From okay. Wisconsin. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And they have a yeah they have a little different regulation set. So yep. yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, and knowing where generally where you're at that was kind of one of the areas where i think the woodcock flight is pretty consistent through there just with the rivers and and some of the corridors because it was a it was an off year i think for just for me finding random woodcock i just don't think i saw as many Mm. but i did hear a couple reports out of that area that you know there were some pretty heavy heavy flights through there yeah we have some good covers in there yeah yeah so so that how did how did trigger do 
on Woodcock, anything did it take him a while to start pointing him, or did he take? No, that he quick? was pointing him right away. Okay. Um, he, he was pointing him in April. Mm. Um, that helps. Yeah, I think what was hard for him uh, during the season is when he saw them, he was moving. Yeah, and yeah. so that's something we'll work on. That's hard for a young this dog. year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's something that we'll work on this this off season. Yeah, um, but otherwise, I mean, he had. He had a lot of great points on on Woodcock. Yeah, um, I'm trying to reel him in a little bit. It's it's tricky going from from letting him run loose in the prairie. Yep. To um, reeling him in in the in the woods. Yep. Uh, Hunter was a dog that didn't range very far yep. at all ever. Maybe maybe 50 yards at most. Kind of always uh, in contact. Yeah, always. With you. Yeah. yeah. Checking in, um, and then when he lost his leg, he was like. 10 yards in front of right, me. So, right. um, trigger has been really fun to just let him go. Yep. Um, and it, it's a little bit harder, uh, in the grouse woods when he goes on point 150 yards for me, uh, you know, for a puppy. Yeah. Um, yep. cause I have no idea what he's doing. If he, right. he goes on point and then he comes off his point, did he, did he blow a bird up or mm-hmm. did he, yep. or does it, was it a false point or was he taking yeah. a poop, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 That's it. That's interesting. Cause you know, with, with young dogs, you know, I think the the thinking is, you know, you really want to let them figure it out. Yep. But in that situation you point out there, you don't know what's happening at 150 yards. You might get there and find out you might have no idea be scratching your head, but do you call the dog in? Yeah. What do you, you know, you right. kind of want to let him express itself yep. and see where he's at. How uh, that's a good, good point to bring up. How, is how did his range like where is it kind of falling in like because i i know from when rose was a pup she's definitely bigger ranging than hartley Mm -hmm. and but during that first season she had some like a it was like a two or three week period where she was like like oh i got legs i can sure i can go and she was like 400 yards and and that didn't but that didn't stay she didn't stay out there she came back in so did anything happen like that with trigger uh, he's been pretty good. He he's got a good recall on him. Yeah. Um, you know, when we're hunting out west, um, he'll get out to about two hundred and fifty. Okay. Yeah. Um, which is pretty good in my mind for a Vizsla. They, yeah. they typically like to stay a little closer. Um and then in the grouse woods, uh he's been out like two hundred. Um I'm more comfortable with about a hundred. Yeah. Um but yep. I'd like to keep him closer still. So we're we're working on um, you know, I don't want to keep calling them back. Right. Like it's still a working process. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I'm still giving him a long leash. Yeah. Um, and kind of feeling out where he's going to land yep. in there. Um, uh, but I'll call him when I need to and he'll, he'll come in. Yeah. That's interesting. I just had a, somebody emailed me this week kind of asking about range and some, some of my thoughts on how, whether it's genetic or, yeah. and, and that's brings to mind one of the, you know, you'll hear people say a lot. It's a lot easier to pull a dog in than right. it is to push it out, yeah. right? So you're kind of you're kind of letting yep. trigger hang out there, and you know you can at some point implement a little control and yeah. and bring it back in yep. after you figure that out. But yeah, that's I I think if my Rose is definitely she'll be over a hundred plenty. She's not always pegged out at a hundred, but right. kind of like you. I mean, if I had if I had a grouse dog that was basically a hundred yards or less all the time, I it's not that I don't like when when they go to 150 yards and point a bird, but it just it gets trickier yeah. at that point. And I've got a lot of confidence in Rose when she does that, so that helps. But um, I wouldn't be sad if my grouse dog was like 100 yards or less all the yeah. time. Yeah, I mean, just because. And I, I mean, I love when when you get those contacts and you are close and you can walk right in. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't like that? Uh, yeah. I guess. But yeah, yeah, yeah. 150 yards is a is a is a longer walk in the woods than it yeah. is on the prairie. It takes minutes. Yeah. So your dog, you know, if it, if it stays on point, it's, it's pointing for a while. Yes. Yep. I had one this year. Uh, it was actually in my, the one day that I snuck over and hunted Michigan for a day. Rose, one of the issues we had this year was her first two seasons. She was a very hands off, like not on the trail always working, you know, working the cover. And I never really had to get on her about getting off the trail. Mm -hmm. And I mean, as much as I like to be in the cover, you, it's almost hard to not use trails where we're hunting. I mean, there are just so many of them and you access cover. So we get on a trail and Rose can 
move so far so fast that she just this year she just kind of started zipping down him <laughs> it's like i that i hate when she does that because it's like if i'm walking on the trail you know she'll she'll zip down there and i mean you might blow up a bird right. off there i she's pretty good about like i think if she does flush a bird she stops to flush yeah so then at least i would know yeah but anyways one day this year she zipped down she was 270 yards down a trail just yeah. like you know at the snap of your fingers Seconds, and yeah. goes on point and that's the worst because then it's like okay well am i <laughs> fast walking right. 270 yards yeah. down this trail past all this other cover yeah. like we're not going to come back yep so that's the kind of the stuff that's going on in my head and sure enough i walk all the way down there and you're thinking there's no way this is going to work as soon as i you know she held point so like she's good about that but i'm thinking as soon as i pop my head around the corner this grouse is done yeah. and believe it or not it ended up working out i, wa- <laughs> I walked 10 yards ahead of her and there was a grouse and it flushed so and, I, and i bagged it That's so awesome. 270 yard trail point yeah. you'll, you'll remember that one <laughs> yes yeah i haven't forgot that one yet but that that's really just dogs and dogs and range and it's one of those things that's got to play out over a couple of years and yeah. it's it's kind of always changing right yeah. like i don't i don't know i haven't quite resolved that with rose yet but she's Again, like you're in the stage where you're still building confidence and yep. trust with Trigger, and you guys are figuring out how to hunt together. Yeah. So it sounds like you've made a lot of progress this year, that's for sure. Yeah, we have. It's been fun. I, I've seen, um, you know, from that first, even from that first hunt in North Dakota, yeah. um, just that he's, he's working a lot more cautious. So, you know, if, mm. he, if he gets on point and these birds are moving, he's, back then he was, he was, relocating but he was relocating very fast yeah yeah um and he would blow up the bird so um you know he still does that but he's more cautious about it he's yeah definitely see him thinking he wants to get him he wants to get him pointed yeah um he doesn't he's not trying to catch him yeah you know he's just trying to figure it out yeah yeah there's so much like i think that was the biggest thing from dog one to dog two dog one you literally have no idea like how the sort of how it develops yeah with dog two you can see past some of that that nuance and like you can just sort of all right give like people say give the dog the benefit of the doubt it's hard to do that when you don't really know right what that looks like yep but in your case now you can see like all right he's trying yeah. to get this bird pointed yeah so i can give him the freedom yep. confidently and, and let mm-hmm. him figure this out yep same same deal for you kind of yep. yeah exactly yeah in the early going i was woeing him because i i trained well pretty early yeah um and when he was moving after initial point, I was wooing him and just talking with more and more people. Um, I just needed to shut my mouth and yeah. let the birds tell him, tell him the story. Yeah. Um, I, I was told that if I kept doing that, I would have to do that for the rest of his life. Right. And so, yeah, I've uh, been working hard on myself to try to do that. Yeah. It's hard. It's tricky because yeah. you want, you want to stop and you want, you want to get that bird. You but, want that opportunity. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you like, again, we're, we're trying to, we're fixers, right? Yeah. We're, we're stepping in. Yeah. I'll, I'll fix this for you, you know. Yeah. But but that's that was something that I struck. Like, when do you intervene and when do you not? Yeah. And yeah. it was, I think it was Jerry Coulter that eventually kind of talked me through. Like, if you don't know that he's pointing a bird, right. you don't want to intervene at that point. Yeah, because it might be a rabbit, might sure. be a squirrel. You know, we don't want to, we don't want to, we don't want to implement control if we don't really understand. It's not a training field scenario yeah. where we know it's a pigeon or whatever. Mm-hmm. So again, giving that dog the freedom, and there's there's probably some gray area there to it, depending on the how old the dog is, stage of development, yep. whether you think he should know something right. or not. Yep. Uh, in Trigger's case, first season, let him hunt. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Any other differences kind of standing out to you about Trigger hu- Trigger Hunter first season kind of thing? Um, not too much, other than what we've talked about range, mm-hmm. um, and then the ability to to relocate and track. Yeah. And those are the two biggest ones. Um, they were both really smart dogs, yeah. so extremely biddable. Um, I've, I, like I said, I've done a lot more training with Trigger, so it's I can. It's just I don't know. It's just been really enjoyable to yeah. do that. Yeah, that's I'm, re- cool. I'm ready for another one, but <laughs> I don't think the family is. <laughs> not, not yet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, there, there are 
thoughts of dog number three in the back yeah. of my mind too but yeah it's uh, one of those things that probably can never be perfectly timed but yeah you gotta think start thinking about it at some point yeah yeah hartley's doing well he's completely healed y- yes except he, i mean he does have he does have uh he's got one sort of bad hip or some arthritis and in, in that so that holds him back but he's he's had two full seasons now post yeah uh cruciate surgery yep. and that leg made a full recovery so right. like i'm I mean, I didn't want to have to go through that, but we did the TPLO surgery, and yeah, yeah it uh, the very successful as far as that goes. And I've now had two full hunting seasons with him, you know, sort of back on on the string. And yeah, he's the thing I love about Hartley now is he doesn't cover as much ground, but he just he hunts with a nice even pace, yeah. and he's just totally leveraging his eight nine years of experience yeah. in the grouse woods. I mean, I. I I know what I'm going to get with him when we go out and yeah. he's 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 got a thing for nailing these trail birds yeah. like he just like he, I don't he has a knack for it and yeah. I, I got a video I I didn't share it out to send it to you where he pointed this I mean he's worth walking down this trail trying to get back to a new cover that I it was actually that day I told you about where that snowed mm-hmm. mid October snowed melted off we're out exploring a new spot and he's just one of those things where he was sort of coming in and hit the trail was going to work up the trail 20 yards before he steps off and doink goes on point yeah. right there on the trail and i made this i make this loop around him and by the time it's one of those things where you, you probably have had this happen a million times by the time you finish the loop and you're kind of right on the you're like well it's got to be a woodcock right. here right yeah. like a grouse is not putting up with yeah. this and it's i mean hartley me and this grouse are like within five yards of each other wow. and that grouse held Hartley was very close to it. And I think that's what maybe held it up. Okay. It just, it had no escape until finally it decided to take off. And sure. uh, it was about as tight as a grouse could hold. I yeah. Think. That's <laughs> but, awesome. Yeah. So yeah, he's doing, he's doing really good and I can lean on Rose to, to do some of the longer, bigger hunts. And I just, I just try to keep Hartley's time 60 to 90 minutes yeah. and, he just he did really great with that. Yeah. So there's nothing like hunting with an old dog. Yeah. Not as the old, but like a, an experienced yep. dog. Yep. Um I got to hunt with um Trigger's grandpa in South Dakota this year. Oh, cool. Um, is that was that a breeder connection or did you just meet the Yeah, so uh Alpine Visas mm. out of Washington yep. um is where Sitka's from. Okay. Um, and so my breeder in Iowa and Alpine Visas have a pretty strong relationship. Gotcha. Um, both within the lines and then also um, trialing. So yeah. um, they came out and met us in South Dakota and, and just, it's, it's, I've enjoyed, thoroughly enjoyed hunting with Trigger this season. Yeah. Uh, it's been fun to see his progression and, you know, he's my dog and I've trained him and, uh, but <laughs> behind a dog that just knows it all yeah. and just be like, okay, I'm going to follow this yeah. dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's pretty special to see them do that. Yeah. It's pretty, uh, it's fun. Yeah. That, uh, when, when were you in South Dakota? Uh, South Dakota was early December. Okay. Yeah. And how was that hunt overall? It was good. Yeah. Um, it was, we had, we had 12 Vishlas with us. No kidding. Uh, wow. so that was fun. Um, so we had a lot of dog power. Yeah. Um, yeah, seriously, you know, I, in my mind, I think I, I think I set my expectations for birds too high. Um, and we saw a lot of birds, like, don't get yeah, me wrong. There yeah. was good numbers of birds out there, but I think in my mind, I was just like, it'd been probably 10 years since I've been back okay. to hunt South Dakota. Okay. And I was imagining just like fields of just <laughs> waves and waves of blotting out the sun. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, black, black skies. Yeah. Um, it wasn't, but it was good. I mean, we saw lots of birds. Um, trigger did okay. You know, those birds are, those pheasants are tough. So, um, strictly pheasants get into any sharp tails. I didn't see any. We did, we did walk a field. I felt like I heard it was a real good sharp tail year in South Dakota. Yeah. A lot of people went to, um, the grasslands. I think I can vary where you are obviously. Um, but we did find a field that looked promising uh had some of the and tried it the classic sharp tail uh habitat and we did it um we did the dogs did did have some points but there weren't any birds there we did see some pheasants in there but um i was hoping we did see some flying yeah that was actually no we saw chickens flying oh okay chickens yeah so yeah very cool you got out west early did it south dakota a lot of rough grouse action any other hunts in there that we missed uh nope that was it just uh minnesota pheasant 
Um, yeah. I don't think I hunted grouse and woodcock in Minnesota this year. I don't think I did. Just Wisconsin and then the two North Dakota trips. Yeah. yeah. It was a good year. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. You got any, uh, any sort of late season trips in the pie in the sky ideas? Yeah. I might be going to, um, hunt with my breeder in Iowa for some Bob White, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Still yet this year. Weeks. Yeah. And ends in January. So 31st. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You, you, are you talking about next well, year? Well, I, I was just kind of curious. Like yeah. that's, that's an answer to my question. Yeah. I was just wondering if you had been thinking about, you know, going to, going to Kansas or Arizona yeah. or anything. I mean, I'd love, love yeah. to go to Yeah. Arizona. I mean, I, I think about it every year. <laughs> yeah. I have yet to take action on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think at some point I'll do that. Um, have you hunted Iowa before? I've hunted uh pheasant, like. 30 years ago probably now. oh okay a okay. long time ago yeah um back when they were that was the state like, yeah. that was the place to go yeah um so they had they had a good year this year in yep. iowa that's what i heard um but we're i think we're gonna go see if we can find a quail yeah or two yeah and i and i know some i know some folks that uh definitely get into get into quail and in, in iowa I've, that's that's one where yeah i mean it's just just to the south of us here and i mm-hmm. feel like i know they have the later season so that's one i i kind of see myself giving that a shot here within the next year or two but i know it's gets tough yeah at the end of the year and yeah where i'm always grasping at the rough grouse season but yeah at some point i gotta let go and just <laughs> you know, step out of the comfort zone and go do something different you well know? you i know you like the prairie i know, I know you, yes. you're you're it's yeah. it's uh you're warming up to it very much so yeah, yeah that has become a uh, good time, you know, good timing to kick things off. Yeah. And, and it's not the most, as we talked about the muggy buggy early yep. season grouse wood. So that seems like a no brainer, but I know there's some late season stuff like that, that I just gotta, the only, the only thing there is it's, it's at the tail end of the season after you've given it everything you've got yeah. and you've had it as many days away from the house yeah. as you can, yep. <laughs> as you can, but, uh, it'll happen at yeah. some point. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So what's anything on the calendar for you and trigger this spring other than just getting back into the woods whenever all this snow melts? Yeah. Just getting back into the woods. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do some, I'm actually, uh, a buddy of mine just moved pretty close to our home. So we're going to build a vision loft ah, and a, cool. and a quail pen. So, nice. um, we'll probably do a little bit of, of launcher work. Do you have, do you have ground that you can use right He's there? He's got five acres. Oh, so perfect. Yeah, yeah. We'll do it right there plenty um and so yeah we'll do uh, a little bit more formal steady work yeah and then um getting back on uh the spring woodcock yeah and then i mean pretty much the same formula yeah sharp tails in august and then uh in wisconsin training and then um start september we'll be back at it yeah sounds like the same strategy i employ and yeah it works well enough for me yeah <laughs> yeah awesome well i know uh we're, we're gonna wrap up here in just a minute we got some photos and stuff to take it's gonna be a gonna be a fun day i'm looking forward to seeing you work here in the studio um you had put out i was looking at your social media you put out a thing there was a couple things what piece of gear are yeah. people people sort of thinking about yeah looking looking for this year was there any common themes to folks response on that post uh i got a lot of guns yeah yeah um, new you probably yeah. yeah you probably got some tags <laughs> there's, there's a few people yeah. that are getting their upland gun their upland gun company gun yeah um a lot of alphas okay uh the garmin, garmin alpha, alpha. Yeah. um the collar um, i was gonna say i was gonna ask you that did you run a gps collar on hunter I didn't. I never. Well, I, his didn't last really have to. His last season, I did, um, mainly because he was deaf, getting hard of hearing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he was completely deaf. That's so a, any, I think those those GPS because that's a common thing with with dogs, aging dogs. Yeah. And I think the GPS collar has made yep. that much less of a concern. Yeah, but it still gets challenging. Dogs lose track of you and oh yeah, kind of stuff. But yeah, so you had a so you, you had I, a his GPS last collar. season. Yeah, yeah, I had one on him. Um, it was super helpful. And it sounds like you're, you're very happy to have one on trigger. Like you, like we were talking, even if you, you know, we don't know exactly what's going on at one fifty. at least that Garmin's giving you some information like, okay, yep. he stopped, he's yep. pointing, maybe there was a bird there. And sometimes if you see a point, maybe you're listening and maybe you barely hear yeah. the wings, you know, just that little bit of information is yep. very helpful. For- yeah, absolutely. And I also ended up hunting him with a bell. Okay. Hunter never had a bell. So okay. this was my first time using a bell and it was super helpful you in like, the grouse you like the combination i do yeah. yeah just it just to have that immediate feedback yep. so if i hear it stop yep 
and then I, if I can, you know, if you can, you can, if he's a hundred yards away and you can't see him, you can kind of tell what he's yep. doing, you know? Yep. Um, you get that instant feedback. Yeah. Uh, if he's stopped, if he's, you know, he could be moving, but not moving real fast. Yeah. Um, and then if he's chasing, you know, that he probably blew it up. Yeah. And you can you totally hear that through the bell. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I would, that, that feedback is, I haven't tried hunting silent a lot. Maybe mm-hmm. if I forgot a bell or something, but I just, I don't think I like it. I mean, I just, I, I value that feedback too much to go without the bell. And I don't think it's, I mean, I think in different, maybe in different areas, more pressured birds, mm-hmm. maybe the bell is causing you some or costing you some opportunities, sure. but I don't feel like it's that big of a, like a limiting factor on our hunt. So I just, yeah, I can't not hunt with the bell. Yeah. And then there's, there's safety stuff. I just, you know, I've hunted with enough dogs that aren't running a bell that you have these moments where you know, you see the dog go off one way and the next thing you know, the dog's kind of coming from the other side and yeah. you're kind of surprised by yeah. it. Whereas if you have the bell, that never happens. Never like you happens. always kind of yep. know where the, in close proximity, you yep. know where the dog. So that's another pro, I guess, for the, for the bell. But yep. yeah. So yeah. Alpha shotguns. Alpha, uh, dogs. Yeah, I heard dogs, from yeah, three or yeah. four people that were going to get dogs. Getting new dogs. It's exciting time yeah. of year thinking about puppies. Yep. Yeah. That sounds like very typical uh, upland hunters looking looking ahead fondly at yep. the off season. Yep. I don't think I don't think I have anything at the real top of my list. I keep thinking I'm gonna keep saying I'm gonna build a a, a slide box, you know, on the okay. back of my SUV, yep. and I have yet to do that. I don't, I guess I get by without it. But um, you got anything like that in your truck setup? Uh, I do not. No, um, just the kennel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> get on a pile of stuff yeah yeah that works yeah, yeah. Works. <laughs> well cool man um i i was gonna ask you speaking of shotguns you've been hunting with a up and gun company 16 gauge yep. if you were to well how do you like in that oh unbelievable love it love it yeah. yeah and how did you spec that uh so it's got um so 16 gauge zeus um double trigger long trigger guard 28 inch barrels. Yep. Pretty classic. I did the side plates. Yep. Um, it's got full engraving and then it's got that engraving of Hunter on it. Yes. So yeah. Pretty yeah. special gun. Um, yep. take them with me wherever I go. Yeah. I mean, it is pretty, it is a, it is a pretty gun. I think yep. a lot of people thought that it would be, uh, something that would sit in my safe. Right. I, I right. take it hunting. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say it gets beat up. Like I, I try to be as careful right. with it as possible. But when you're in the grouse woods, it's, gonna get some it's gonna get scratched yep yep so yep. It, it gets hunted um and it it fits me yeah of course yeah uh, custom built so yeah um yeah i love it yeah i hear that from people have varying sort of takes on you know i don't want to have a nice gun because it's going to get beat up in the grouse woods right. and then and then others are like i want it i just want a nice gun and i don't care and yeah and i guess one thing that maybe i've seen is that the guns are pretty. I mean, you don't want to get them wet. You don't right. want to put yeah, them in yeah. a case wet. Yep. But other than that, you know, yeah, you get a little scratch, some scratches and dents in the in from the brush on the yep. wood. But wood can be revived, can yep. be reoiled, yeah. and, and the metal's pretty dang durable. So there's there's only so many things that can go wrong. The worst thing that could happen is you know maybe you fall and break the stock or something. Right. But um, yeah, that's fun. So if you were gonna build another one, what yeah. might that look like? Uh, it would be a Venus 28. Venus 28. Yeah. I got a 28 for uh, just a Stevens for my son. Okay. Yep. Um, and it's a fun little gun to yeah. shoot. Yeah. Yeah. And so it'd be a 28, no, is, no question. Is that what he got his woodcock with? Yeah. It's the, so 555, 28 yep. gauge. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I certainly think that if my two boys are interested in, in shotgunning, I, I would think they would be starting on a 28 gauge yeah. after my experience with it. And it just kind of seems like the perfect fit it really, does. in a lot of yeah. ways. Yeah. yeah. What about, uh, what about like barrel? Would you make any significant changes or pretty, pretty classically set up? Yeah. I think I'd keep it pretty simple. Um, I don't think I'd, I don't, maybe, maybe a little bit longer barrel. Yeah. Just for fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd have to, yeah. Because you guys do 29, right? Yep. Yeah, 29, yeah. 30. Yeah. yeah. And I think on, on that gun, I probably would, I probably would encourage you. Yeah. Just knowing where your other one's at, I probably would, would encourage you to go 29. 29. Um, as you go down gauge and weight. Yeah. I think there's, there's something to be said for adding a little barrel length. And yeah. It's, I've, I've enjoyed experimenting with that. So I think the, I think if there was a difference and I haven't made a decision on it, it would, it would 
I would probably maybe probably maybe I would <laughs> think about uh, maybe a beaver tail. Okay, a foreign yep. with a smaller smaller with a barrel smaller set yep. gun. Yeah, yep. so I I like the look of the foreign or the splinter better. Yep, um, but I have pretty big hands too. Yeah. so it's something to think about. But. Yep. Yeah, I what think. Are your, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that's how it's exactly how I would think about it. Would be if you want to shoot a twenty-eight and you've got a you got a larger hand, it's that's where the beaver tail really makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. And I mean the one that the the one specifically on the Venus that RFM, it's got probably one of the nicest hand feels of. Now I haven't shot a ton of beaver tail side by sides, but I really like it. It's it's really a semi beaver tail, sure, and so it's. It's pretty subtle, but it's uh it's very comfortable in the hand. You can kind of you can kind of hold it wherever you want, so it's mm-hmm. not like you have to grab right on the the part of the wood. But it gives you a little bit more to hang on to out there. So I do like it. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a nice nice add in that uh, instance. But well, I'm excited to see your two new guns. Yeah, yeah, maybe that'll give you some give you some ideas and spark a little inspiration for you. Yeah, I think it's uh, about time we do that. So I appreciate you having me down to the studio. This Absolutely. has been fun to catch up and. Looking forward to seeing you go to work now for the for the afternoon. Yeah, should be uh, fun. Yeah, but uh, yeah, thanks for joining us once again on the Birdshot Podcast. That is Rich Wong, and uh, we'll be we'll have you back someday. I'm sure. All right, awesome, sounds good. Thanks for having me. Yep, thanks, buddy. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Birdshot Podcast presented by Onyx Hunt, Final Rise, and Upland Gun Company. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share. And if you really love the show and want to contribute above and beyond what you already do by listening, you can sign up at patreon.com forward slash birdshot. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Birdshot Podcast. Onyx Hunt is the number one hunting GPS app. Join millions of other hunters who trust Onyx Hunt to find more game, discover new access, and hunt smarter. Onyx Hunt shows you nationwide public and private land boundaries. They've got topographic and 3D maps. You can track your route, location, and elevation profile. You can save maps for offline use and take Onyx Hunt with you wherever you go. The most comprehensive hunting tool you'll own Download the Onyx Hunt app today and use the promo code BSP20 to save 20% on your next Onyx Hunt subscription. Know where you stand with Onyx. Hey everyone, this is Nick from the Gundog It Yourself podcast. If you enjoyed this show, then you might want to check out my show as well. We highlight and break down the ins and outs of training your own hunting dog. Whether it's a bird dog or even the occasional hound dog episode, we cover all topics related to hunting dogs. Check out Gundog It Yourself on any podcast streaming platform and hit the subscribe button to be sure not to miss any future episodes.